0: Pastor Ed Taylor encourages us to live by faith rather than feelings.
1: Feelings will betray us. That's the problem with feelings. They're real. We feel them, but they don't always tell us the truth. <laughs> you could feel bad about something and it's actually good. And you could feel good about something and it's actually bad. How do you sort it out? By depending upon the Holy Spirit. We're called to live by faith. The Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight.
0: This is amazing grace. When you hear of someone that's going through a tough time, does your heart instantly want to reach out and help and encourage them? If so, it's quite possible you have the gift of mercy. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll learn about this marvelous spiritual gift and some of the dangers to watch out for if it's yours, like becoming depressed or overly sensitive.
1: Here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Like the other gifts, it comes with big dangers, and I want to share a few of them with you if you have this gift of mercy. If you don't have this gift of mercy, it'll make you sensitive to those that do. But these are big dangers. Number one, if you have the gift of mercy, you have to be careful of not becoming an overly sensitive person. You're already sensitive because of the way the Lord has gifted you. But now you really have to watch out in your own personal life of becoming overly sensitive And I'll tell you why you have to watch out for it. Because it's very hard for any of us to tell you that. If you get to the place where you're overly sensitive, and then the Lord sends you somebody with a word, you know, I think, sister, I think, brother, you're just being overly sensitive. Well, because you're overly sensitive, it's going to offend you, and it's going to be hard for us to tell you. You have to watch out for it in your life. And you have to be open if somebody comes and says, I just sense, you know, maybe you're being too sensitive right now. And here's why. Because you live more in the realm of feelings than most people, you can be, become too sensitive and tend to be hurt too easily. It's vital that you learn how to develop a thicker skin while you maintain a soft heart that God gave you. He gave you that soft heart. But what happens is people do the just the opposite. They, they have such a thin skin and everything bugs them and everything gets in and you know, every little thing, it, it overwhelms them and then their hearts get hard. And when you're like, when you're like that, you're no longer usable. Your gift can't be used. It needs to be the other way. You need to learn, hey, man, things are going to happen in the church. People are going to hurt you. People are going to hurt you in the world. It's just the way it is. It's talk about you. Say things. It's, it's the way it is. You got to learn how to have a thick skin and keep a soft heart toward the Lord. Number two is another danger. You need to be careful not to live your life by feelings. To live your life by feelings. Because you are sensitive more to your feelings You can start to make important decisions based on your strong emotions, you're feeling, rather than based on wisdom and facts. Because you feel things and you express yourself through your feelings, if you're not careful, you will only act on your feelings. And that's always a mistake. So if that's you and you can relate to this, I'm going to give you some homework. You need to memorize Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. You need to hide that scripture, those scriptures in your heart so that you won't sin against God in this area. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Or you could also put next to that, lean not on your own feelings. Acknowledge God in all your ways and he will direct your paths. Hide that in your heart because if you don't, you'll become overly sensitive And it's important to learn that though you've been gifted with heightened feelings, you can't live by them alone. You see, for the person that does, they tend to fall into serious depths of depression and despondency. If you live just by your feelings, you might find yourself going into a deep, dark spiral. Now listen, just because you experience depression and despondency doesn't make you a second-class believer or you know, somehow you're You are worse than anyone else. Being discouraged is normal. It's all throughout the Bible. I could even make a strong biblical argument for men in the Bible that that were that became extremely depressed. Sometimes depression is a physiological thing where, where your brain's not functioning right and things just aren't happening. But many other times depression is situational. It's situational. Because a heavy situations come, or you've been serving someone that's heavy, you know you get you get deep down because you live on the feelings realm. You get deep down sorrowful, and, and you just you just turn off. I mean, I would I would think that some of the some of the chairs that are empty today might be empty because because they're just so depressed, they're so discouraged. They don't. This is the last place they want to be in their deep discouragement right now. And maybe you've tuned in. Maybe you have enough courage to tune in on the internet or you're on the radio. God doesn't judge you for for your depression, he calls you to himself so he might encourage you. And because you're dealing with so many difficult people, it could be an easy trigger for you to be bummed out. You could be doing really well, but you're so bummed out by someone else's trial that it just messes with your head and and now you're all bummed out and the Lord calls you to himself. Let me just say this, I've seen this in my own life and I can only speak for myself. I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I do want you to know this. In depression and discouragement, there is a fine line between discouragement, depression, and selfishness and self-pity and self-centeredness. And if you cross that line, you're going to mix your discouragement with sin and the consequences of sin, and you just want to be careful. I'm still trying to figure out where that line is for me, but I can tell you, I passed it a few times, so I know what it looks like in my life. And the Lord doesn't want me wallowing in my pity He doesn't want me wallowing in my bad situations. He wants me trusting him. He wants me to take my sorrow to him. He wants me to weep if I'm supposed to weep. Even Jesus wept. But he doesn't want me and doesn't want you to sit there and blame God or to be mad at him or to be ineffective for his kingdom because life is going to pass you by. Hey, if you're discouraged today, I'm sorry. And I pray that your situations will get better. And I know that my, my role in your life is to keep pointing you to the Lord. And you can pray. You can just say, God, send me someone with the gift of mercy. Not Pastor Ed. <laughs> I'll just give you scripture. I'll just read the Bible. And I believe it. And I see mercy working in my life. But I see so much more. So many of you have the gift of mercy. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. We make a good team. You show mercy and I'll teach. And together the kingdom will grow. That's true in any of the gifts, isn't it? Be careful with your emotions. Because even you can get so sad and so discouraged that you start to doubt that you're even saved. And you start to doubt that God is what He said is true. And you start to doubt that, you know, there's even one good Christian left in the world. You start to doubt that. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of great people in the world. There's a lot of great things and here you know because you're ministering to people that are hurting maybe even hurting in their family or hurting from another church you think that the church is just horrible it's not you're just ministering to someone that that's going through some things and you gotta be careful you gotta be careful that you're not overcome by your emotions because you may be prone to think that as long as you feel good about something that it's okay well just because you feel good about something doesn't mean it's okay only what the Bible says is okay is okay And you might think that if you're all in your emotions, if you think something's bad, then it's not okay. Well, listen, only God defines for us what's good and bad, not our emotions, not how we feel about something. Because you hear these things, you know, when somebody's going through a divorce and you'll hear, well, you know, I feel it's probably the best thing for you. No, the best thing for you is both of you to repent, get your eyes back on the Lord, save that marriage for your kids, for the kingdom. That's the best thing. That's the best thing, even though it's really hard right now. And you might feel like, well, just get out. When the Lord says, wait on me. I mean, we can go through a lot of different things, you know, that, that our feelings will betray us. That's the problem with feelings. They're real. We feel them, but they don't always tell us the truth. <laughs> you could feel bad about something, and it's actually good. And you could feel good about something, and it's actually bad. How do you sort it out? By depending upon the Holy Spirit. We're called to live by faith. The Bible says that we live by faith, not by sight. Now, you could use a paraphrase of that and say this way. Because think about your feelings, situationally, your feelings. Bad things, you know, discouragement usually starts by something you hear or something you see. That's how it starts. Or even if you do self-talk, you know, and you know, I didn't hear anything. I was just telling myself, okay, you were hearing internally all the things that you were saying to you that wasn't edifying you in the Lord. So we live by faith, not by sight. You could paraphrase paraphrase that saying this. We live by faith, not by feelings. Not by sight, not by what we see. There's so much more than what we see. There's the whole eternal realm. Lord, open our eyes that we could see what you see because then we'd be really encouraged. We see the end result. We see what God is doing in the world today. I want you to see this turn over to uh 2 Corinthians chapter 10 2 Corinthians chapter 10 i want you to see this in your bible we're winding down here We only have um, a couple more to look at i want you to see this 2 Corinthians chapter 10 because this is if this is you this is where you're at this is how you do this is how you deal, deal with it okay this is this is the scripture you want to hang on to and you want to apply in your life pick up with me in verse 3 2 Corinthians chapter 10 he says for though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. And all, all he's saying is because we're human, we don't fight with human. You can't, win. you can't win battles by boxing and throwing rocks and calling names. We don't fight that way. That's not how God wants us to do. The, the issues aren't with people. Notice verse 4. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God. For the pulling down of strongholds. That's why we're praying so much. Because only through prayer will the strongholds of the enemy be broken down in your family. The only the stronghold of addiction, the stronghold of anger, the strongholds that have been plaguing you. Man, seek the Lord because he'll bring down that stronghold. Being a churchgoer isn't going to do it. Just attending church and listening to a radio, maybe an hour a day, will not break the strongholds. Only God can break down the strongholds in your relationship with him. And you need it because if you don't, you're going to be just continually forgetting that you're mighty in God. But here's the key, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Sometimes that's your feelings. Your feelings go against everything that God has said. And so, how do you do it? Bringing every, what does your Bible say? Thought. Read it out loud. Bringing every Thought. thought, thought, thought. The battle of the mind, every thought. Discouragement is all in the mind, besides the feelings. Bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience. obedience. If you like to write in your Bible, circle the word thought, circle the word obedience, write a line to it, make a little arrow. And if you really like to write in your Bibles, in the margin, do a big circle. Put a dot on the left hand side and a dot in the right hand side of that circle. And a nose, however you do the nose. Sometimes you do this one, or sometimes you do this, or whatever you want to do. And then do a sad face. Because this is a sad face verse. This is a sad face verse that you need to turn to when times get tough. Now, on the other side, you could put a smiley face, and then you start reading from left to right. You go from sad. You can do whatever you want in your Bible. Just do it. Just do it. Number three, another danger, is you can develop a really critical spirit. Yes, people with the gift of mercy can become very critical and cynical. Because you're tuned in to how people feel, you're going to struggle with overreacting with people that have different gifts. Particularly the gifts of prophecy and exhortation. You might also even feel real critical whenever biblical church discipline is applied to someone in the church or someone's going through a tough time and the result isn't what you thought it would be. And the church leadership might be taking a strong stand on something biblically, but you, you know what you feel? You feel just one more chance. Give them another chance. Give them another chance. And that's your heart. And we thank God for you. But there are times when true love is firm. Yes, like Pastor Chuck Smith has taught us, if we're going to make a mistake, let's err on the side of grace. Absolutely, 100%. But there comes a time where the word is the word is the word, and you're unwilling to submit to it. You parents, you guys totally know this, because when your kids get in trouble, one of you says, busted. And the other one says, can't you just give him another chance, honey? One of you says, you're grounded forever until I figure out how ever forever is. And the other one says, no, no, no. Let's just, let's give them another chance. That's why God's put you together as one. Because sometimes our kids need more mercy and sometimes our kids need more, you know, you know. (laughs) I don't know the word. They say men have like, you know, a thousand words for the day. I'm out for the day. But you know, one's more disciplinary and one's more soft and gentle and, and together you make a great team. That's why you guys that are single parenting right now is really hard. But the Lord can give you both for this season of your life. It's key for you to realize that love is firm at times. And sometimes you have to take a stand finally And I would say the biggest danger when you're involved, gift of mercy, the biggest danger, it's true for all of us, but particularly with the gift of mercy, that one of the biggest dangers that you really have is taking sides in an argument. The Bible teaches against that. Because once you take sides, here's what the Bible says. The first one to plead his case sounds right. That is true. Haven't you found that to be true? If someone comes to you and they get your ear first, and this is the way it happened, this is what's going on, you wouldn't believe what they did to me. No, no, no. And by the time they're done, you're like, I can't believe it. That's ridiculous. I can't believe they did that. Well, let's go down it. The first one to plead his case sounds right. But you know, the verse has another part to it? It's not done. The rest of the verse says, "Until his neighbor comes and reproves him." In the world, we say things like this: "There's always two sides to the story." But, but actually, it's changed, isn't it? It's always three sides to the story: yours, his, and the truth. And somewhere between the three of them, you're going to get to the truth. But if you take sides, you're immediately ineffective, because I can guarantee you, the person coming to you with their side is not completely accurate. And many times when they're gossiping and slandering, they're not accurate at all. And you just got to be careful because you're so merciful. You want to help. You want to get in their life. But you might find that they're going to defile you. And now you're mad and you didn't even have an issue. Be careful. Number four, this is interesting. We talked about it. But those with the gift of mercy, you have to be careful that you don't become depressed. Guard your heart. The apostle exhorted us in Romans chapter 12 that those that have the gift of mercy should do it with cheerfulness. The idea behind that word is the Greek word, we get our English word hilarious from it. That you need to keep things light in your life. You need to laugh. You need to enjoy life. Be careful to stay bright and cheerful, happy and lighthearted. Don't always be dealing with heavy stuff. Find a comedy or find something you enjoy and, and enjoy it. Enjoy life because most of your life is dealing with people's problems, including your own. And you need to stay happy, smiling. Right? The Bible says to weep with those that weep, but also to rejoice with those that rejoice. So be happy. Stay happy. Enjoy things in life. Because you've got a heavy enough calling. Dealing with heavy-duty difficulties all the time requires you to be in tip-top spiritual shape. And then finally, you've got to be careful not to become emotionally entangled with the person you're serving. Um, the way that the world describes that is don't become codependent on the people that you're serving. Or don't let them become entangled and dependent upon you. When you're involved in someone's life, it's not about you and your feelings. You've got to get them to the cross as fast as you can. That's their only hope. You will not solve their problem. You will not deliver them from their difficulty. You will not bring permanent encouragement. You are not their savior. There's only one savior. His name is Jesus Christ. He lived, died and rose again, not you. It's not you. It's not me. Now I know, I know when you're serving people, they're going to want you to do that and you have to resist it. You have to you have to put uh, again boundaries are on there. That's why men with the gift of mercy in particular, it, it's not good for you guys to be counseling women, especially if you're married, because it's easy to get entangled with a, with a woman's issues. Here at Calvary, you know, we don't allow the pastors here long-term counseling. Of course, you can talk pastors will serve you, and minister to you, male, female, but if you need something long-term, we're going to connect you with a woman here. So a woman can walk alongside. But even then, you've got to be careful. You don't become in, emotionally entangled. And before you know it, you're just like the person. I thought the Lord sent you into their life to help them. But now you're just like them. Why? Because you got emotionally caught up in it. And you've got to stop. Which also reminds us that a, a danger that goes alongside of this is that if you have the gift of mercy, you can actually get in the way of the Holy Spirit in someone's life. You can actually interrupt the work that God is doing in their life because you want to get in there and fix it and take care of it. And if I was God, I would. Of course, you never say that. But you're not God. And you've got to give room for the Holy Spirit to work and allow Him to do the finished work. Now, we tried this before. I'm going to try it again as we close our study and our time of looking at what the gifts look like, teaching little Mary how to ride a bike. So in your mind, picture little Mary... She's so happy. She, she just had candy. She got chocolate over her face. And she just got a new bike. Or really, it's actually an old beat-up bike that, that was fixed. And it's good enough for her. And we're going to teach her how to ride a bike. This is what it sounds like for the different gifts. For the person with the gift of prophecy would say something like this. Okay, Mary, here's your bike. Get on that bike and ride it. You can do it. And whatever you do, don't fall off. See you later. Just a strong word. Someone with the gift of service? Just a minute, Mary. Before you get on, let me fix that seat. It's way too high for you. Oh, yeah, let me check the air in those tires, too. And while I'm at it, I'll readjust the training wheels for you. I want everything just right. Service. The gift of teaching? This is a bicycle, Mary. Do you know what a bicycle is? A bicycle is a vehicle with two wheels in tandem, typically propelled by pedals and having handlebars for steering and a saddle-like seat. Now, this is how you do it. You sit down. You push the pedals with your feet. Balance your weight just like this. Do you understand how to ride a bike, Mary? Yes! Gift of exhortation. Come on, Mary, you can ride this bike. Let's go! Then you'd run alongside Mary, holding the bike up as she rode, cheering her on as she rode, and exhorting her and pushing her on, get up, it's time to go after she fell. The gift of giving? Mary, this looks like a beat-up bike. I've got you your, a very own brand-new bike. It's going to be great for you. Don't worry, about the, don't worry about paying it. Don't worry about selling lemonade. This is the bike for you. Get on it and enjoy it. The gift of leading or administration. Mary, it's time to learn how to ride a bike. Before you start, let's make sure you understand all the steps involved. First, you start riding. Then, turn and lean into it. And most important thing to know is how to stop. And here are the brakes. Make sure you know how to use them when you stop. And when you get to your destination, you turn around and you do it all over again. You have exactly this amount of time to get here. Go. Go. Okay, I'll be right back. The gift of mercy. Oh, Mary, you really need to learn how to ride a bike. I know it can be really scary. I was scared too when I first rode my my bike. And I know you can get really hurt, but I'll be here for you. I've got the bandages and medicine to help you if you fall. (laughs) And I have a popsicle waiting for you when you get to the end. Hey, look, God has given some men and women in the church the supernatural ability to come alongside others and help encourage, build up in tough times. And if that's your gift, run with it. Whatever your gift is, collectively, we make up the body of Christ. And may the Lord bless you and encourage you as you serve him throughout this world. We've been learning about the gift of mercy today
0: on Abounding Grace and specifically the dangers that we need to watch out for, especially if it's our gift. This is part of Pastor Ed Taylor's series in the Gospel of John. Would you like to hear today's message again? You can listen online 24-7 at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Another way to go is to download our church app. Do a search for Ed Taylor. With Pastor Appreciation Month in mind, we've selected a book that we believe will be a great encouragement to your pastor. It's Ed Taylor's book, Sure and Steady, Learning and Growing in Pastoral Ministry. Topics include your personal walk with the Lord, the heart of a pastor, serving the people, using your time well, and inviting yourself into the lives of others. We'll send you a copy with our thanks for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. Call 877 three 0 grace that's 87730 grace or order it online at calvaryco.store we can't thank you enough for your support god is doing a wonderful work through the radio and internet these days and you can be a part of it call toll free 87730 grace or go online to aboundinggraceradio.com Tell a friend about this daily program and set aside another half hour to join us tomorrow for Abounding Grace when Pastor Ed Taylor digs deeper into the Gospel of John to mine its treasures. This is
1: grace.